Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right, get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Are you serious about making real profits from your investment properties? Then why are you paying a property manager anywhere from 8 to 25% of your rent? Cut your expenses the savvy way by self-managing your rentals using RentReady with flat rate pricing that doesn't cut into your bottom line. You think I'm paying a property manager? Heck no. Get your hands off my cash flow. That's me slapping someone's hand. With RentReady, you can collect rent, screen tenants, track repairs, and manage accounting all from your phone. Are you a BiggerPockets Pro member? Well, guess what? RentReady is already included in your membership. Haven't tried it yet? Well, then what the heck are you waiting for, man? We made this possible specifically for you, BiggerPockets Pro member. If you're not a pro, RentReady is offering you 50% off their annual plan. New customers visit rentready.com and use code BP2023. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com using code BP2023. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, you know, the podcast that you're listening to right now, in the year 2023 to save 50% off of one year of Rent Ready. Cut your expenses when you use Rent Ready to manage your rentals. Sign up today at rentready.com and use code BP2023. This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast Show 427. You can't sit here and think your way into feeling confident. It only comes through actions. You know, when when you're feeling really down and you're feeling like, boy, this is never going to happen, the best thing you can do is go out and do something that's productive. If you're in sales, it's pick up the phone and make a call. Even if someone says, no, I'm not interested, internally, you know that you're more in control than if you're just sitting, waiting, or hoping something's going to change. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online.
What's going on, everyone? It's Brendan Turner, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with another phenomenal weekend show with my buddy David Green. David, it is good to have you here once again. Got some big goals lined up for next year? Oh, huge. This and year. I loved every single second of today's podcast with our guests because I now have the framework in my mind for how I'm going to take those goals and yeah. put them into reality. This was absolutely fascinating talking to Brian today. Yeah. So our, our guest today is an author, uh, Brian Morin, who wrote a book called The 12 Week Year. It made a huge impact on me. I like to think of like, if my life was a cake, I like making everything in a cake analogy, but if my life was a cake and there's a lot of ingredients that go into said cake, the 12 week year was a massive, that was like the flour that baked the cake of what uh, I do today. Uh, and a lot of that, like, for example, everything I do with like the intention journal that the journal that I use every day and that we have for sale at bigger pockets, uh, a lot of that is based on 12 week year, uh, philosophy and mentality. And so we really unpack it today on today's show. Uh, and you'll see why, uh, I love this so much is cause like, this is everything me and David teach is like what he talks about today, but he goes into specifics on why annual goal planning might be dangerous, might be causing you not to get as much out of life as you could. Uh, he talks about how you uh, setting vision, about working with teams, all sorts of really great stuff today. And this applies so well to real estate investors, like so well to real estate, like everything we're talking about today, even though it's not a real estate specific uh, guest, everything today is how you should be running your real estate business. So uh, that is today's show. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But before we do, let's get to today's quick tip. tip. All right. Today's quick tip is this. So today we talk a lot about why the annual goal might not be such a good idea and why we should really have shorter sprints, like 12 weeks. Well, guess what? At Bigger Pockets, we have a journal. It's called the Intention Journal. And guess what? It's 90 days long, which is you know approximately 12 weeks. And so the idea with the uh, Intention Journal, like I said, was based on this idea that ha- don't be thinking a year down the road, be thinking, what can I do this next 12 weeks, this next 90 days? So if you want help with that, pick up a copy of the Intention Journal from Bigger Pockets. You can get it at biggerpockets.com slash store. And uh, if you buy it like today or tomorrow, you're not going to get it by the first of the new year if you're watching the show when it comes out. You might. We're close. If you buy it like today, the day it comes out, you might get it in time. But if not, You'll get it within the first week or two. It's fine. Uh, but that is going to make a huge impact on you because it helps you do exactly what we're about to talk about on today's show. And you can get a discount on it. So just go to biggerpockets.com slash store. And I think it's a 20% off discount code. We're gonna call it uh, podcast. That's gonna be your code, podcast. And so uh, use the code podcast to get 20% off the journal. And if you buy three of them, you get a fourth one for free. that will cover your entire Gregorian calendar year. Now, why did I say Gregorian calendar year? Well, you'll find out here in a little bit on uh, today's show. All right. And that's all I got. So let's uh, let's jump into today's show. Oh, I will say this. So the interview you're about to hear, me and David just got finished recording it. It was phenomenal. But because it's not a real estate specific related show, and we talk more about the like the process needed, after the show, David and I are going to spend a few minutes breaking down what this means to you as a real estate investor. So after Brian leaves during the interview, after you listen for me and David's breakdown. Anything you want to add, David? No, just uh, be prepared because this is some good stuff. Yeah, it is. All right, with that, let's get the interview with Brian Morin. All right, Brian, welcome to the Bigger Pockets podcast, man. Super, super good to have you here. Yeah, great to be with you guys. Yeah, so let's 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 jump into this. So, you know, first of all, a little backstory. So, I read the twelve week year. Uh, you know, several years ago now, and, and I've gone through a pretty dramatic like climb in, in terms of like the number of real estate deals I've done and other business stuff I've worked on. And then I reread it actually this morning, the entire book. I got up really early this morning, reread the entire book this morning. And 
it was amazing how many things from that book have now like I've been teaching now for years and like stuck with me and like it, it, like it's one of those books that, I don't know I don't want to say it's like a fine wine where it just ages so well but it is it's like it was such a solid information so anyway I'm I'm super stoked about this interview good to hear that that's awesome so that's that's a couple more times than I've read it actually <laughs> okay there we go yeah. <laughs> all right so with that said uh why don't we start with uh, who you are. Why don't we start with who you are and how did you get into this whole world of, uh, you know, writing and what, what else do you do? Yeah. What's your story? Yeah. You know, I didn't set out to be a writer. My background has been, I started out in corporate America. I was uh, working UPS to pay my way through college. They promoted me into management, moved to Southern Cal, got a job with PepsiCo in, in leadership and then um, joined a consulting firm. So one, one thing to another. And then, um, had an opportunity to get involved with a startup back here in Michigan. I'd moved back. My wife and I came back to be closer to family. And then in, in doing that, um, really figured out what I loved was the consulting, teaching, training part. So started my own thing. And then Michael joined me. I had worked with him at a consulting firm earlier. Um, he joined me. And we were, we were actually headed to a conference. And we were going to be a vendor. And we were kind of like, okay, what do... Uh, you know, what are we going to leave behind? What shiny stuff are we going to leave behind? And I've been thinking about writing a book. So I said, let's just write a short format book. And we wrote the precursor of the 12-week year. It was called Periodization, 12 Weeks to Breakthrough. We wrote it in 12 weeks, went down to Kinko's, printed up 100 copies, and from that sold like 100,000 copies. It literally changed our business, changed our life. And so it wasn't that I set out to be a writer, but, but we just documented what we were doing with our clients. Um, and I, and I think that's why the book is successful. It's, we didn't set out to write about theory or things we thought we were just documented what we had found out was working. That's cool. So why don't we begin with that before we dive into the, what it all means and how do different aspects work? Uh, like what I want to, I want to basically establish some I don't know, credibility, maybe the word for those people who have never heard of you or heard of the book, like what kind of impact have you seen with clients you've worked with from people you've seen implement the, the 12 week year systems, like uh, what kind of results or success have you seen from it? Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, we get we get emails every day from around the world, people we've never met, but clients we've worked with. I mean, from individuals, um, we have individuals that have you know quadrupled their income in a very short period of time. Um, the we work with a lot of sales folks. The average sales folks, you know, have twenty to thirty percent bump in their first twelve weeks. We have thousands that have 300 percent. Um, we helped a billion dollar broke double their app count in six months. I mean, that's, that's crazy, you know, and people use it in their personal life as well. So we've worked in just about every industry. I know your guys are mostly um, investors, but we've worked with investors. We've worked in just about every industry. And when you apply it, it works really well. That's the, that's the great news for your listeners. They don't have to worry. Hey, has this thing been vetted before? It's been vetted in every yeah. industry. At every level, yeah, and in every walk of life, yeah. You know, I want to jump in really quick and just say, Brian, what you are describing is exactly what I think everyone should look for. There's a lot of books that are written. It's easier to write a book right now than it ever has been in the history of man. And not every book that you read is actually trustworthy advice. Okay, it's not hard to become a, a published author, and it's actually ridiculously easy. And I've I was thinking about this on my car on the way to work. It's so funny you brought it up. How do you know to trust what you read in a book when they when someone says go do this just because it sold a lot of copies does not mean it's good yeah. advice. Typically, the stuff that people like the most, like there's more McDonald's hamburger sold than steak. Okay. It's not always the best advice, 
The best advice comes from people that did something very well for a long period of time, documented what they did and maybe expanded on why that was different than others might be. So this is the perfect example of the type of person that we should all be looking to learn from and trusting the advice that they're giving. Yeah. I just wanted to say that. That's all. That's good, man. It's funny, actually, a side note. So a buddy of mine named Brent, he, uh, he was actually on the Bigger Pockets business podcast, but a while back he went out to prove that not all books that say like bestsellers are good books. Such a good story. You're gonna <laughs> love this, Brian. <laughs> yeah, he took he took a picture of his foot, right? He took a picture of his foot, upload, <laughs> turned it to a PDF, uploaded it to Amazon, some some obscure category, had his friend buy two copies, and it became the number one in that obscure category oh, wow. of like, yeah. right? And so his his book, which was called Picture of My Foot, and it was a picture of his foot, <laughs> ended up being a bestseller right. and like it, he was just mocking like the industry how like easy it is to say that so like anyway so i think the results speak for themselves i mean the impact it made on my my business my career uh has been huge so let's get into it if you could summarize we're going to go into uh, pieces of it obviously yeah. today but what is the 12 week year and why is it so powerful yeah it's really it's really a system to help you accomplish more of what you want faster Thirty thousand foot view that's what it is and and our focus uh through the 12 week year is always on the execution People got great ideas. They're connected. They've got all kinds of resources. In the end, the breakdown is never not knowing. It's it's not doing. And so the 12-week year is an execution system, which is, um, brand is the one system everybody lacks, right? They've got all these other systems, even big companies that we work with. They've got all kinds of systems, but they lack the one that drives everything, which is the execution system. And so our focus is all about what you can control and what you can't control and really being more consistent with the things that you can control. And so that's really what the 12 week year is. It's, yeah. it's just a systematic approach to accomplishing more faster. That's cool. And and the idea is, you know, from my understanding and my reading and implementation is the average, like when you set an annual goal, maybe I'll ask you rather than trying to explain it myself, what's wrong with annual goal planning? Like a lot, most, most of the world just says, Hey, this is my year, my year goal. What What's, What's challenging about that? Yeah, yeah, you're right on because that's never, it's never come into question, right? We've been taught, hey, you set goals, you do plans. And so naturally we've all done them in, in the context of an annual environment, which is what we did with our clients for years. And, and we found that we weren't getting what they were capable of. They were getting good results, mm-hmm. you know, annual planning, annual goal setting is better than no goal setting, but there's inherent barriers in it. And the biggest one is that there's this illusion of lots of time that, you know, January is going to roll around. Everybody's fired up. Everybody's thinking, but everybody's also thinking they got lots of time mm-hmm. so with that annual goal. If you get to the end of January, most people are behind their goal. They're behind plan, but nobody's worried. Yep. And so it's that mindset. Oh, we got all year. We got all year. All year got 11 more months <laughs> to catch up. And, uh-huh. and it's that mindset that permeates the year that holds people back. It's, mm. it's not the 12 week year isn't about taking what you were doing 12 months and crammed it into 12 weeks. It starts with a different mindset. And, and we borrowed a concept from athletics called periodization. We adapted it. And that's where the 12-week year was born. We, we recognized that we had to have a hard line in the sand that was, you know, close enough where you don't lose the sense of urgency, but, but far enough where you can make profound progress. And, and, you know, 12 months is just way too much time. It, and in fact, you can't even plan accurately for 12 months. You might have been able to 90 years ago when mm. it first came into vogue, but with the rapid pace of change and you know 2020 is a great example of that january everybody made plans and then covid showed up and everybody figured out hey this annual planning stuff doesn't work (laughs) yeah so it's that if you have a whole year to bury your goals and it becomes so easy to lose the sense of urgency that it takes to accomplish them absolutely 
Yeah. Okay. So why not just break it into quarterly planning? Well, so quarters what? It's one fourth of a whole. Yep. So it's that it's it's still that mindset that says it's that mindset that says I can catch up that I got to get out of because honestly, David, you might mm-hmm. catch up on the goal, but you can't go recapture the capacity you left on the table last week, last month, mm-hmm. and that's the difference between where people are at and what they're capable of without learning anything new, right? If you just did more of what you know consistently. You'd, you'd have better health, you'd have better relationship, you'd make a lot more money. And, yeah. and so that annual environment really is just this, um, th- this snag that causes you to go, well, I got lots, I can put that on. I don't have to do that today. In a 12-week year, you can't do that very long before you realize, right, you're, you're hit right in the face with, wait a minute, if I'm ever going to hit that goal, I got to get after it. Hmm. Yeah. And, and ultimately, that's where execution happens. It doesn't happen monthly and quarterly and semi-annually it happens weekly it happens daily and and so with the 12-week year that that ineffective that unproductive mindset is challenged right out of the gate yeah that's so good that's so beautiful i mean when you talk to people that are good at other things olympic athletes people that excel in fitness they never talk about what their goals are over the year they say this is my habit for the day And, yeah. and they really like get granule with that. And Brandon, you've had some pretty big success with that. Is that something like this book helped your mindset when it comes to some of your fitness goals and open door yeah. capitals progress? Yeah. I mean, even to the point of like, I mean, yes, I mean, almost everything I do is around that 90 day, the, or, you know, like the, the 12 weeks, we have a 90 day challenge at bigger pockets. I did 75 hard, which is a workout program. Like I like, like the entire, the entirety of it is in a short sprint. It's to get it done because yeah, you don't get lost in the, in the year end. I'll make it up later. Right. Uh, and, and, and what you just mentioned, Brian, I, I don't want to gloss over it cause it's so important is I, I know there's people right now thinking, yeah, but I've been doing annual goals for a while now. It's been fine. We've been fine with annual goals. And like, I like you said, it's not just about what, whether you've been fine, but what have you left on the table? Like what could you have done if mm. your entire year, your goal planning sessions, all that was a, was a 12 week period, which is long enough to get, I mean, long enough to get anything done, pretty much, especially in this world. Like anybody listening to the show right now wants to get into real estate. Let's say you can find a property, get financing, build a team, fly in, check on a property, understand a market, meet a dozen things, make 50 offers, and then close on a property all in 12 weeks. It's entirely doable. And if you give yourself a year to do that, like most people listening to the show are, if they're new, they're going to be like, well, I want to buy a property next year. Great. You'll probably do it. But if you gave yourself 12 weeks, it's short enough to be urgent, but not. Yeah. Long and so yeah. we have, you know, we have tens of thousands of people that have accomplished more in 12 weeks than they did in 12 months. Yeah. I mean, I was on the phone um, last week with a, with a gentleman who happens to be an advisor, investment advisor, but the prior year he did 7.2 million. The last 12 weeks he did 8.3 million. Wow, and that's in COVID in the middle of COVID. Right. And that's just, that's just an example. Um, and it, it's, it sounds crazy magical, but it's not, it's, it's the, the fact that when you bring that deadline near term, it creates an intense level of focus for you, not a stressful level, but just, just a, a clarity around it that, like you said, I could, I could take 12 months to buy this property or I could do it in 12 weeks. Yep. Let's do it in 12 weeks. Then let's do it five or six more times you know, <laughs> in, the same, in the same 12 months. You know, I've told this story before on the show, but I'll share it again now because it's so applicable here. There was, a, I don't know, maybe six years ago now, maybe seven years ago. It's been a while, but I set a goal at the beginning of the year. I had a year long goal to buy 12 units. I was like, I'm going to buy 12 units this year. And then as goals go, I set the goal and I just kind of like didn't think about it for a while. And, uh, 
And then the year went by and here we are on, it was on December 21st. I remembered, I saw like a piece of paper somewhere and I remembered I had a goal of 12 units and I'm adding up. I'm like, what did I buy? This one, this one, duplex, a single, oh, 11. I only bought 11. I was like, well, 11 pretty good. 11's great, right? I did 11. And I was like, no, I'm not somebody who misses their goals that easily. I got nine days or 10 days. I'm going to, and I did it. I found a property, put on a contract, got the financing and closed in nine days. And so this perfectly illustrates one, I had a looming deadline. I made it happen. Secondly, if that's all it takes to buy a property was nine days, I could have bought a whole lot more during that year, right? <laughs> yeah. And if I would have had a 12-week year plan, I would have set maybe a goal of, let's say, four for the for the 12 weeks. And then I would have blown by that and be like, oh, well, I can do double that this time. I can do eight. I can do 12 units. I can do 20 in this next quarter or this next 12-week yeah. time. So, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, great example. Love it. Yes. Love it, love it. So let's, let's dive into the specifics of how this thing actually works. Um, first of all, for those who are doing the math, you're thinking 12-week year, 12 and 12 is 24, 48. Most people are thinking 52. So why is it not the 13 week year, first of all, uh, which would fit nicely into the Gregorian year? Yeah. So if you want to fit into the Gregorian calendar, you'll notice you get an extra week every year. That's a week that we take seriously. We, um, we go offsite as a team. We review the last 12 weeks. We plan, we lock and load for the next 12 weeks. And then we celebrate, you know, what you celebrate matters. It creates focus, it creates culture, it creates momentum. And so that 13th week is part of the 12-week year. It's a flex week. If if I need to pull it out like you did to hit the number, right? If I need to work hard, that then I'm working hard. But for the most part, that's a week we're also going to celebrate. And, and that's an important thing because a lot of people, a lot of high performers in particular, the minute we get there, what do we want to do? We want to set the next yep. there and the next there. And and so it's important that we stop and we celebrate and the 12 week year gives you more opportunities to do that. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I, I just find that 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 time where you either accomplish your goal and you celebrate or if you didn't accomplish it, you sit back and go, what could we have done differently? Let's reflect on this. Let's learn from this. It's so yeah. important. And you certainly celebrate the progress because there's always progress being made. Yeah. Right. Even if you, you one of the things we talk about with our clients a lot is you got to understand you don't control the outcomes. You control your actions. And so the important thing in a 12 week year is, did I do everything I could do to create the outcome? And if, it, if I didn't create it, there's a lot of learning in that. Mm-hmm. There's confidence built in that. There's momentum built in that, which allows me to crush it the next time. Um, but if you get too fixated on the goal, it can, it can actually stymie you. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You actually, there's a quote. I actually wrote down this quote here related to what you just said. It's from the from the book. It says, consistent action on the critical tasks needed to reach your goal is the key to getting what you want in life. Your current actions are creating your future. If you want to know what your future holds, look to your actions. They are the best predictor of your future. And it's like, the, yeah. what you're doing today, what you're doing in this moment, like today, the next, this week, what you're like, that's, that's all that matters. Like so many people are big on like going on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And they're like, I'm going to buy this this year. I'm going to run this marathon. And they love to talk about their plans and their goals. That's not what gets you there, right? It's a daily action. So how does that fit in? Like how do, how do we work from this 12 week year? What's the process look like? I know it goes from 12 week to what, what's the weekly stuff look like. And I know there's like a vision component there too. I'd love to kind of dive into that. Yeah, so Brandon, it starts with the longer-term vision because in order to have an effective 12-week goal and 12-week plan, it it has to be connected to something longer-term, more aspirational. So, you know, a lot of people have done vision work. They tend to do it around their their career, their income. We start with your life because all that other stuff is part of life. What do you want your life to look like three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? 
by the way, what does great look like? <laughs> God willing, you're yeah. going to be here. Let's make it great. Then we bring that near term so we can set a 12-week goal that aligns with that and enables that. Build out a tactical plan. And, and that's one of the keys. In the book, we, we, we get into what's different between a 12-week plan than a traditional plan. Most plans are conceptual. Concepts don't execute. You've got to get tactical. Yeah. And, and what that means is really granular. It means where the statements in the plan describe an action that you can take translates to daily, weekly. So when we build 12-week plans, we have software and whatnot, but whether you use that or not, each, each action, we call them tactics, each tactic in the plan has a due date. That due date's a particular week, week one, week five, mm-hmm. week one through 12, whatever the frequency is of it, if it's a, it's, a, it's a recurring activity or it's a one-time activity. But that's how, that's how you understand what it takes to win the week. Because that 12-week plan feeds into a weekly plan. Can, can you maybe give us an example of what that would look like for like Brandon's goal? Let's say he wants to buy a, a mobile home park. What would a plan look like that he'd set up and what would the tactics involved be? Yeah, so that's a little hard for me because I don't have a lot of experience there. But sure. it, would, it would be really granular. It'd be, it'd be doing a search for the mobile parks that are available uh, that exist within this geography. That might be one tactic, yep. right? And then it'd be... Um, reaching out to each mobile, find, finding out, searching for the owner of each one of those mobile parks would be a separate tactic. Uh, reaching yep. out to each of those owners would be another tactic, right? I mean, you you, you got to get really granular and, and really break it down. So let me give you, let me give you an example people can relate to. Please. It's a weight loss example, right? Let's, okay. let's say I want to lose weight, 185 pounds, 10% body fat, right? So the, the first thing I'm going to do is probably download the Weight Watchers app. That's going to happen week one. It's a one-time tactic. The next tactic is I'm going to enter my food intake daily on that Weight Watchers app. That's weeks one through 12. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to order superfoods, spirulina, wheatgrass, oil. The next thing I'm going to do is take those daily. The next tactic is I'm going to work out four times a week with weights. The next tactic is I'm going to do cardio twice a week. Now, if I haven't worked out, I've got to hire a trainer. I've got to join a gym. There's a whole different set of tactics if I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But does, does that help David? Do you get the feel for where I'm going with that? Absolutely. And what I like that you pointed out is if you get to a thing that you don't know how to do, then that it doesn't be, well, I guess I can't do this. You say, well, who would I have to hire? Who would I have to partner with? What book would I have to read? And then you say, okay, I need to hire a personal trainer. And then you have a new set of tasks. I'm going to interview X amount of trainers. I'm looking for someone that does this. What do I ask him? Well, that guy's in shape. Let me go ask him what his trainer does. Right. Oh, I like that. Now I have a list of, of questions. And what you're really describing, Brian, is you're, you're taking the overall goal and you're just systematically breaking it down into, into steps that are like a, a bite-sized chunk that you can actually chew on to, to eat that elephant. You have individual discrete actions. Yeah. So that when they when those things translate into my weekly plan, there's no question about what I do. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and that really, as a business owner, I feel like that's what most of my time is spent doing is saying, how do I take our goals and cut them up into small pieces so I can give them to employees so they can say, what am I doing today? Because most people, like we're mentioning here, they don't do this naturally. They just sit down and say, man, it's a big task. I don't know what to do. Would you agree that that's what a lot of, of the problem, this is why this is so needed is there's so many people that don't think this way on their own? Yeah. And, and we've been taught the plan where it is conceptual. The problem with a conceptual plan is it, it, it really masks the work that's involved. Mm. So if I don't have true tactics, there's a lot more, you know, I might have three items on the page that I might call them tactics. 
so it looks like I got three things to do with, and those three things might be 30 things when it comes down to it. And so people create a plan that they start out the year overwhelmed, they go through the year diffused. That's the other thing about the 12 week year is we talk a lot about less is more. One goal is better than two, two is better than three because you have limited capacity. You have limited time capacity, limited energy. You have limited physical capacity, limited intellectual capacity. That's not a slam on anyone. That's the reality. And so the more goals you try and pursue simultaneously, the greater the likelihood that you're mediocre at everything. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So, so how do we take, like, what is it, what does the weekly stuff look like? Let's go from, you got your vision of where you want to head in life. You got your, your 12 week year, maybe a, is it a goal and then one, two, three goals. You have a number you specify. One's better than two, two's better than three. I yeah, when that. you start to get over three, you're stacking the odds against yourself. Yeah. yeah, perfect. So you got your, let's say you got your one goal or maybe it's two, but let's say one goal for now. Yeah, let's say you got a business goal and a personal yep. goal. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. perfect. So where does that go from there to weekly? Like how uh, do, you, do you review it every week, every month, or how, how does that work? Yeah. How do we break that down? So the way it'll happen is because you put due dates on those tactics. And remember, we got real granular. Um, the weekly plan is created just by looking at what's due in the 12-week plan this particular week. So in a sense, the weekly plan is a 112th slice of the 12-week plan. I'm not worried about everything due in the plan. It doesn't contain everything I do in my life or my job, but it just the weekly plan just contains what's due in the 12-week plan this particular week. But by default, it's the stuff that matters most. That's really good. Because the way it was built, we said, look, we started with this longer term vision. We set a 12 week goal that aligns with that, that, that leans into that and build out the tactical plan. That's the most important stuff for me hitting that goal, which is my most important goal for me living my vision. Mm-hmm. So by default, everything else is secondary, Yeah, which is one of the benefits of the 12 week year is it reduces your stress. Why? Because you know what matters most each week. You know how to win the week. Mm, you get this stuff done you win the week you get all that other crap done and you don't do this then all bets are off so the the good news and bad news in that is it confronts you with what matters most each week the challenge for people is if you're creating a new result there's stuff in there that you haven't done before so there's discomfort there's uncertainty there's and 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 so back to that mindset about really embracing and learning to lean into that stuff and not being distracted by all the other stuff by all the emails and the voicemails and all the stuff I could waste my time on, at least now I know, at least now I know what matters most for me this week. And I know that every week for the next 12 weeks. So the game is, how do I get myself to do what's in that plan? So I pull that thing, I calendarize it. What am I doing Monday? What am I doing that? What am I doing Tuesday? What time am I doing those things? And that, that becomes my daily plan. So, you know, when um, 20 minutes opens up in my calendar for some reason, I'm not checking my email. I'm not checking my voicemail. I'm going to my weekly plan. Because again, if that stuff gets done, <laughs> I win the week. Yep. If, all, if I weed through all my emails and all my voicemails and the stuff doesn't get done, I've lost the week. Yeah, that's what I love about identifying. Like I, I always call it like my weekly objective. Like what's the one thing that this week I have to get done and I'll call it a win because that one objective, and again, I totally got this from your book, but like, and I've been doing it for years now, is like this objective for the week lines up with my my 12 week goal, right. That, that lines up with my, with my vision of where I want to be in life. So even if I didn't get to any of the other stuff and I felt like, Oh man, I got 400 emails. I didn't get to this week. And I got this messed up and I didn't return that phone call, but you know what? I accomplished that thing. I did that thing that I said I was going to do. 
and I got yeah. it done. Now I can feel good about myself and feel like, you know what, everything else can wait because that's not the most important thing. So Right. You know, the, the results are always lag. So it's like the farmer, right? If the farmer doesn't work the field, doesn't plow it, doesn't plant it, doesn't cultivate it, there's never a harvest. It's the same for you and I and everywhere in our life. Mm. The, the work in the field is doing the heavy lifting about doing the activity that we might normally shy away from. And I would say normally shy away from, otherwise we'd be having the results we're looking to have. Yeah. Right. Anytime you take new ground, there's, there's new activity. There's things I haven't done before. And so there is uncertainty and discomfort with that. It's the game is really, how do I get myself to lean into that instead of away from it? And, and the 12 week year plan just puts it front and center for you. So you can't ignore it. Brandon, you have a, a really good quote about there's nothing new, only processes you're unfamiliar with. Can you remind me? <laughs> I don't remember my quote. No, I think it was like, nothing's hard. So, Yeah, yeah. It was like something like nothing's hard, uh, only only steps undefined or processes yes. are unpracticed, right? It just means you haven't defined what it is or unpracticed, but nothing's hard. Like you could build a nuclear bomb if you knew the process and you had practiced it enough. Like it's not hard to a nuclear scientist probably to build a nuclear bomb because they've done it enough and they know the steps. So it's once we realize that nothing, I mean, cancer is hard, right? Like uh, the the passing of a loved one, those things are hard, but like business, like trying to buy a rental property, is it hard or is it just you haven't practiced the steps yet? Like, so I think we should reserve words like hard for things that are actually hard in life and everything else. Just rephrase it to, I, I just don't know the steps yet and I haven't practiced them enough. So let's figure them out. But what's so empowering yeah. about what Brian, what I hear you saying is that it, you, you use the word uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's uh, subconsciously, if you know, I want to buy a mobile home park, but you don't know it. You don't feel confident taking progress. You don't know what steps to take. So you kind of just wander around and hope you bump into success. And when you don't find it, <laughs> You, you beat yourself up and say that didn't work. And then you go on and, you know, lick your wounds and come back with something else. But if you've broken it down into these individual steps or lead indicators, maybe from the, the 40X principles, and you know, this is what I have to do. And there's four key components that you've got to do to win the week, to win that goal. Two of them you, you're comfortable with and two of them you're uncomfortable with. You are in a position where you're empowered to go practice what you need to get comfortable with them. And then it doesn't feel quote unquote hard. That's such a different mindset than, I don't know, it just didn't work out. You know, I wasn't really sure what to do or I didn't know how to analyze properties. But if you said, what is analyzing a property detail? Boom, boom, boom. Well, I only know how to do the first one. Where could I get the information for the second one? It gets to the point where it doesn't feel uncomfortable. It doesn't feel hard. You don't have that resistance against doing that task. And then, Brian, you mentioned the phrase momentum, which I think that's so underestimated in business. When I look at what I'm doing well doing, it's so much because of momentum that I built up from stuff I did before. Would you mind elaborating maybe a little bit on that concept and helping bring some encouragement that as you build momentum, what you find is things that used to seem uncomfortable or difficult, they, they just start going down a lot easier? Yeah. I, I mean, if you think about that, that's how momentum and confidence kind of go hand in glove. And it's, it's hard to be confident if you're not competent and competence comes through reps. Mm, yeah. Like we've been talking about, right. You've got to, you've got to have a process for doing it. And the first time you do it, you're probably not very good at it. So you got to do it again and again and again. And as you do that though, you build the confidence, you build the confidence and you start to build that momentum. The, the cool thing about the 12 week year is let, let's say you're having a really bad year. It ends it, the longest it's going to go is 12 weeks before you get a fresh start. Yep. In an annual event, in an annual calendar, you know, people in September have given up on the year and they're just sort of passing the time till January rolls around. That, that's crazy. Yeah. That's in our world, that's two years. Yeah. 
but part of that momentum comes because I'm not just focused on the goal, I'm focused on the activity. And as I take that activity, the marketplace always gives me feedback. So when I break it down granular, I'm gonna know specifically which actions worked and which ones didn't. When I'm executing concepts or trying to execute concepts, I don't get that same level of feedback. And so the 12 week year is, look, there is no perfect plan. <laughs> Every plan you ever write is flawed. Yeah. So, so the thing you gotta do is go out in the marketplace and succeed or fail as fast as you can. And because we're tactical, the 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 12 week year allows you to make smaller adjustments more frequently. Yeah. And so you're able to dial it in versus trying to make these massive assumptions or 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 corrections. You know, you're you're constantly adjusting because there is no perfect plan and the marketplace is dynamic. It's constantly changing. Right? What worked to buy a mobile home park, you know, a couple of years ago is probably different today. And not not completely different, but there's some different aspects to it. Yeah. And, and so because it's tactical, you'll know specifically which ones worked and which ones didn't. Yeah, it's really good. Which is really powerful. And so you can focus on that, which then causes you to, to have some success. And you're, just the fact that you're taking the action builds confidence and builds momentum. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You can't, you can't sit here and think your way into feeling confident. <laughs> it only comes through actions. You know, when, when you're feeling really down and you're feeling like, boy, this is never going to happen. The best thing you can do is go out and do something that's productive. If you're in sales, it's pick up the phone and make a call. Even if someone says, no, I'm not interested, it's still, it's still you feel like internally you know that you're more in control than if you're just sitting, waiting, or hoping something's going to change. Yeah, isn't that yeah. funny that we see so often that people don't want to take action until they feel confident? but you can't build confidence until that was such a great thing. Confidence comes from competence. Competence comes from repetition. Yep. Repetition is daily action. And if you really yeah. think about it, it's like saying, yeah, I don't want to go to the gym until I feel strong. <laughs> right. Right. I'm not going there till I look really stubborn. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. What? You ain't never going. <laughs> you know, it reminds me, I, I teach these webinars every week to, to bigger pockets listeners. Um, and we, and David does as well. And, and we are constantly teaching people how to analyze deals. And one of the reasons why is for this exact concept of like, if, even if you're not ready to buy yet, even if you don't want the market's going to look like a year from now or six months from now, you might not have the money. You might have not, none of that. If you sit down and analyze a real estate investment every single day for the next three months straight, and you get through 90, 100, 120 of these things just knocked out, you are going to feel so comfortable and competent because you've done the reps. And now making an offer is not going to be that scary. Nothing's going to be that scary because you you have the reps. You've done the work. Uh, and yeah. people are like, well, I don't know how to feel comfortable. Just analyze deals. I don't have any money. Analyze deals anyway. Go, like it, right. it's, it's not right. a horribly it's complicated thing. It's the best thing. time to learn. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to lose. Yeah. You're, not, yeah. you're risking a lot. Right? <laughs> That's what I love about real estate too. Is like you could like, it's kind of like mock stock market stuff. You know, like, like you can do like a mock stock market game, like an app where like you're not actually trading, yeah. but you pretend you are. Real estate's like that too. You can like literally just like pretend all day long to practice, to get really good at running the numbers. You could talk to a real investor and be like, hey, how, these are my numbers. What does it, do you agree? Does this look like it would work? And they'd be like, no, change this thing. And then, okay, go back and change that thing and then do better next time. And yeah, just, yeah that's just smart. That's yeah, It just works. Buy low, sell high. Buy low, sell high. It's a simple concept, right? But not necessarily an easy concept. Right now, high interest rates have crushed the real estate market. Prices are falling and properties are available at a discount, 
which means Fundrise believes that now is the time to expand the Fundrise flagship fund's billion-dollar real estate portfolio. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in minutes by visiting Fundrise.com slash pockets. Fundrise.com slash pockets. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Here's a little insider-only knowledge from my days on the force. Most break-ins actually happen in broad daylight. And if you're enjoying more time out and about, your home could be in danger. So what you're saying, David, is that we should block out the sun to reduce break-ins. I like it. Oh, you've been watching too much Interstellar again, Rob. <laughs> you can just use Simply Safe to protect your home 24-7. They were even named Best Home Security Systems of 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. Simply Safe's advanced sensors and cameras protect every room, window, and door in my home, keeping the little Abisolo safe no matter where I am. Plus, you know we're frugal, guys. That's why we love Simply Safe super affordable 24-7 professional monitoring that costs less than a dollar a day. Now, I don't worry when I'm away. You can even test out Simply Safe risk-free with their 60-day trial. Protect your home today. Bigger Pockets listeners get a special 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for fast protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/pockets. Don't wait, that's simplysafe.com/pockets. All right, I want to I want to shift a little bit here and, and talk about how this applies to those people here with a team. So how do you, if you have a team of people working with you, under you, maybe you have partners, maybe you have, uh, you're just part of a big team. How do you apply the 12 week year to a team mentality? You know, it's, it's um, in some ways, it's actually more powerful with a team because it creates these structures. If you're, if you're part of a team there, I would argue that there's three underlying structures that you have to have for the team to perform at their highest level. And it doesn't matter what your value, it doesn't matter what your values are, whether they're innovation or, um, or or customer service or whatever it is, um, you have to have clarity, clarity of vision, clarity of goals, most importantly, clarity of actions, clarity of expectation. That's the, that's why you got to get tactical. You need to have transparency with regard to what people are doing. So are we actually doing the stuff or not? If you're an individual, you know, whether or not you're doing it, if you're on a team, that gets lost. And then third is we need evidence of is it producing or not. And so the 12-week year brings all that into play and it forces the team to engage and interact differently. So when we work with teams, the first thing we do is we start with vision, but we still start with their personal lives. How so? We don't start with, we don't start with the business. We start with their personal lives because 
we have to connect the dots, ultimately have to connect the dots between what I'm doing Monday through Friday in the business and the life I want to live. Oh, so good. And for so many people, those dots aren't connected, especially on teams. And so we start with everybody, even part-timers. We've worked with groups that they've got part-timers. They go, well, those people don't care. And I go, I beg to differ. They care about their life. And, and so we're going to work on it. And then, um, then we work at the, the company vision and say, okay, now how does that, how does us succeeding here enable you to live the life you want to live? That's how we connect those dots. And then as a team, we set the goal. As a team, we build out the plan so that what's happening in that is if the leader does all that, now they've got to go sell it to the team. And there's a chance that they don't buy. We're, we're less opposed to anything we help create. So yeah. the team creates the goals, creates the plan, gets tactical, um, argues back and forth about this matters, no, this matters. And, and so all that, all that discussion is what creates the buy-in. And then at that point, we're locked and loaded. Now it's moving forward. And, you know, everyone having a weekly plan. So there's clarity about what matters most this week by individual. And there's transparency that everybody can see who's supposed to do what and what's getting done. And then we're tracking it. We're tracking the results. Is it, is it moving the needle or not? When Brandon really saw what looked to me, Brandon, like when your business shot off was when you came up with that vivid vision poster you have in your shed where he basically, Brian, spelled out, here's exactly what I want my life to look like. And here's how my team plays a role in it. He created a very descript, vivid description of what that would look like. He shared it with the team members and then he hired people to fit into that world. Is that sort of in line with what you're describing here? Yeah. So if you've never done the work, we, we do it as a team. But even like our organization, you know, we go offsite every, every 13 weeks. We go back to the vision and making sure that we're all bought in. And is someone seeing something that we didn't see before that we want to add to it? Or is there a piece of it that doesn't make sense for us anymore because we're, you know, different opportunities opened up. And um, it's really making sure if you have a team that everyone's on the same page and that ultimately, like down to the part-timer, how does the part-timer succeeding there help them live the life they want to live? Otherwise, you're just an employee. That's so cool. So it's sort of using the carrot. Yeah, well, it's a, it just, it's a, it's a natural carrot though, right? Yeah. Because if, if I want my team empowered, <clears throat> the, 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 the greatest empowerment comes from when I see how doing these things in the business helps me. I get how it helps you, David. It grows your revenue. It grows your income. How does it help me? When I see that, now it's a different deal. Now I play at a different level. Now I'm playing a much bigger game because I can see how me doing these things not only benefits you, it benefits me, not Mm. more than I get to keep my job because candidly, I can find another job. Right. Yeah. I guess as you were talking, I was thinking how if you don't do that, you have to make up for that with the stick. Whereas if you get the buy, nobody wants, people, nobody wants to do that. <laughs> like you have to yeah. check in, yeah, you know, punch the punch the clock at this time. That's why the companies that they have to rely on things like punching the clock and you've got your three write-ups, you're out the door. Like that stuff sucks. I don't right. want to work for a company like right. that. <laughs> like, that's all horrible. No, most people yeah. don't. And and even the people managing them don't want to manage yeah. that way. They just don't know any different. Yeah. They haven't been taught mm-hmm. in a better system. Yeah. That's really good. Really good. All right. So, uh, for those who want to like implement the 12 week year in their business right now, like, I mean, obviously read the book. We can tell people read the book, yeah. but what are some tactical, like, okay, tr- do this first. Then this is important. Do this, then do this. Like what are some of the, the key kind of takeaways that people can walk away from this interview with? Yeah. Step one is do the vision work. 
you, you know, some of, some of the people listening are going, oh, that's fluff. It's not fluff. It's the cornerstone yeah. of all high performance. If you, if you don't know where you want to go, everything else doesn't matter. So do the vision work. Then bring that near-term, build out a 12-week plan, uh, and, and then it, then the game on. It's really about executing that plan. And listen, you're going to have weeks when you stumble. I have weeks when I stumble, and I've been doing it for a while. Um, you don't beat yourself up for that. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of grace in the 12 week year because you can't change anything you did last week, right? But we can learn from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as we look at last week, it's it's with it's with the uh, an eye towards reality and in candor. What what actually happened? I'm not going to shy away from my stumblings or my failings because those are opportunities to learn. And if they sting, they sting. Okay, that's okay. That's part of the process. We call that productive tension which causes me to behave differently next time. Um, so you don't shy away from the reality of the situation, whether you're winning, whether you're struggling. Yeah. But, but it's really taking it one week at a time. Yeah, that's awesome. Right? I win this week. I don't worry about next week till next week. I don't have to because the 12-week plan will tell me what to do next week. Let's just win this week. Yeah, really good. Really good, man. Uh, one of my last questions I got for you is, is on accountability. And you talk about this a little bit in the book about like that people get the word accountability wrong uh, and they, or they, they say like, I want somebody to hold me accountable. And that's what they're looking for. Where is the misunderstanding of that term? Where is that? Yeah, well, we, <laughs> we laugh at that because I think saying I need someone to hold me accountable is probably the least accountable thing you could say okay? <laughs> because you're, you're shift, you're trying to shift the burden. Yep. The burden yeah. to perform is yours. And so the misunderstanding is most of us have experienced accountability as consequences. I mean, everywhere you hear the word in society, you'll hear it today on the radio or TV or something that they're going to hold this person accountable. And what do they do? Right. They they find them, they suspend them, they punish them in some form. And and we've all experienced accountability that way. And that is not accountability. That's consequences. And consequences play a role. But accountability is different than that. Uh, Accountability is ownership. It's the recognition that we have free will choice. We always, always have choice. And then taking ownership of those choices. And in, in the end, I would argue we choose our consequences. Right? You either choose to be successful and happy and healthy or something else by the choices you make each and every day. Um, and so when you really understand accountability as choice, as ownership, it's probably the most empowering concept we have to live the life we want to live. Yeah. That's really good. To, to add a humorous story to this, uh, I got a buddy from college that I met in college who uh, to this day now, he's you know almost 40. He lives at home and gets very upset when his mom does not wake him up because you were supposed to wake me up for that thing, mom. And uh, he gets really ir- and he'll complain about like how like he, I asked her to wake me up and she didn't wake me up. That's why I missed the meeting or missed my work oh, yeah. that day or whatever. And I'm like, I mean, like they got these fancy things called alarm clock, but it's like a, it's like a silly mm. example, but it's like, that, but the question is like, in what way, like I would ask every listener right now, and I'm thinking about it myself, like in what way am I acting like that where I'm shifting my responsibility to do something onto somebody else because it takes the blame off me and I don't feel bad that I'm not taking action. I'm not holding myself accountable. I'm going to blame somebody else. And I think there's probably areas of all our lives where we can look at and be like, yeah, I need to step up and take ownership of that because right now I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking outside myself, someone or something to change, right? You don't control any of that. Yeah. Right. And that, that, that is a, that is a level of a victim mindset. This victim mindset is that the world happens to me and I fail or I struggle because people didn't do what they were supposed to do Mm, or whatever. That's that life is a struggle when you come at life that way. 
when you recognize that that you don't control the circumstances, but you control how you respond, and that you always have choice and taking ownership of those choices, life just shows up so much better. Not perfect, right? I mean, there's still struggles, there's still disappointments, but but you're equipping yourself to have the best life you can have, which is I think what we're all striving for. I've really noticed that, Brian, in a lot of what you're saying here, you're teaching your philosophies, the principles in this book are empowering principles. It is, this is how you can get more out of yourself. I wanted to ask, in your experience, what are some things that prevent people from embracing this perspective or this philosophy? David, I think it's probably more than anything else, it's, um, it's the discomfort of growing, right? I mean, I think I, I talk to groups all the time, does it take sacrifice to be great? And everyone agrees. And, and I would argue, you don't have to sacrifice your, your values. You don't have to sacrifice your integrity, your health, your sanity, your family, but you got to sacrifice your comfort. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to grow, if you're going to be, if you're going to do anything great, it's going to be uncomfortable. And and I think that's at the heart of personal leadership and being successful is being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because that's the process of growing. And and that's how that's how you've gotten to where you're at today. You know. But it's there's a there's a mindset of just being intentional with that, that recognizing that that's part of the gig and and to to lean into that versus leaning away from it. But I think that's the number one thing that holds people back is we are wired for comfort. Yeah. And, and when you realize that, that's the, that's the villain we're fighting our entire life is from, from you know, the comfort of other people accepting me to the comfort of just the physical comfort of doing stuff, the emotional comfort of where I want to be. And we're just wired that way. And it's not, a, it's not a bad thing, but it does hold us back. And so recognizing that that's, that's the enemy, not giving into that. Um, surrounding myself with people that that think the same way I do using systems like the 12 week year that help me confront that comfort on a daily basis and make a conscious choice about okay am I going to choose success today or am I going to choose comfort yeah. am I going to choose a better relationship right now and 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 serve my spouse or my mate or am I going to choose comfort am I going to mm. right am I going to choose to be uh, the father that has impact that has influence or am I going to choose to sit here and watch the football game right now because it's comfortable and it's easy. I mean, those are, those are the choices we make each and every day that shape our lives. That's fantastic. That's really good, man. Well, I want to shift and head over to the next and final, I guess, segment of our show. It's a segment we call our famous four. This is the part of the show where we ask the same four questions every week to every guest. And we're going to shorten it to the, we'll call it the famous three today. The first one we usually ask about a favorite real estate related book. Uh, for these Sunday episodes, we really got to come up with a better first question. So, hey, if you're listening to the show right now and you got an idea for a better first question for our non-real estate shows, uh, let us know. I guess hit me up on uh, uh, Beardy Brandon on Instagram. Let me know if you got, you got a good question. Well, one would be just a, a favorite book. So I'll give you a favorite book. How's that? Well, that, that's a, we that is a second question, but yes, go ahead. That's going to be our first question today. Okay. So, yes. And it's, and it's just as important if you're a real estate investor. It's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. I've heard that, but I never read it. Great little book. She's um, she studied successful people and found that you know they had fears just like people that didn't have the kind of success, but they didn't let them stop. Mm. And she talks about five truths of fear. It's just a really it's a really good read. One of my favorites. That's awesome. I've been actually teaching my daughter. I got a four year old, uh, four and a half year old Rosie, and I've been teaching her a lot lately about like like being brave doesn't mean you're not afraid. It means you feel the fear and do it anyway. And uh, we've had yeah, a lot of yeah. discussions about that because she's afraid of everything. And uh, <laughs> courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Yep. Okay. Um, what are some of your hobbies? 
I used to golf. Don't do that much now because I've got I've got kids. It, they didn't get into it. it. Took a lot of time. <laughs> one of my one of my goals in life. We're big on family. I, I want to be the biggest influence in my kids' life, and I think that takes quantity time, not just quality. I think quality yeah. time is an excuse to recreate. But um, so we do horses. We raise Arabian horses. We show them. It's a great family deal. Um, the girls play sports too, but when they do that, they're going separate directions. We do the horse thing. We're in the same spot for a week. And so that's probably my biggest hobby is, uh, is that, and I shoot clays. I shoot clay pigeons and sporting uh, clays, sporting clays. Yeah. That's my it's, newest fun. When you watch someone else do it, it doesn't seem that great, but when you're doing it, it's yes, a freaking It's so blast. fun. Yeah. I love it. It really is. Yeah. I don't, I yeah. can talk to you about sporting. Yeah, we can. Like <laughs> the next hour, if you are open to do you, what kind <laughs> no, do you do? Is it five stand? Is it trap? We do them all. The the court the club I'm at has a, a one mile course too, where they have sixteen different stations, four different throws. Wow! Uh, and then they have two trap and two skied as well. It's it's fun. It's I think, I'm fairly new into it, but I'm loving it. It's great. There's something that I've noticed that this is completely unrelated to the topic. I'm just curious, <laughs> Brian, if you're the same way. When you combine a physical action with a mental puzzle that has to be solved it just is fun. Like that's what I loved about sports was my mind had to analyze what was happening. And then my body had to execute a movement or a decision. And when those two worlds sort of collide, that's fun. And that's what like paintball, I get that same rush out of it or sporting clays. Like, okay, every station, they're different. What are the angles? How much do I have to lead it by? What choke am I going to use? And then I have to go do it. Is it, is that something similar that you found? I think so. You know, we found that too, David, with parties. If if there's something, if there's a theme around the party, there's something to do. Like we'll do a Christmas caroling party where we go to a nursing home. That is, that is one of the most fun parties because there's a, there's a purpose to it. There's activities for people to do. And, it, and, and so there's a lot of communication that happens that wouldn't otherwise happen. Same kind yeah. of thing, I think. When there's, when there's something to do there that, that is intriguing and um, kind of taps the curiosity and right. a little bit intellect. Yeah. There's something rewarding to a human about solving puzzles. I mean, really, if you look at what we talked about today, it's how do I solve the puzzle of a goal that I'm trying to hit, particularly within business, right? Here's, these are puzzle solving strategies that we're talking about to get the most out of yourself. And I like it. I agree. That's cool, man. All right. Well, my final question of the day, what do you think separates successful people from those who give up or they fail or they just never get started? I think, you know, I, that's an interesting question. I, I think the one thing is the the comfort thing, right? People buy into mm-hmm. that, but um, I think it's really having a, a strong vision. That's why I say that's the cornerstone, right? You have to, if you don't have something you're striving for, then it's really easy to give up. Yeah. If you have something that matters to you and you're passionate about it, right? If you, if you think about passion comes from vision. Agreed. That's what creates passion. If you don't have a clear, clear vision, like if you're lacking passion in some area, you probably don't have a clear vision for it. The things you're passionate about, you have a vision for it. So that to me, that passion, the vision creates the passion, the passion creates the courage to do the things you need to do. So the reason people don't do the things, if you tie it back, they like the passion. They actually lack the vision about something bigger than what they currently have, right? A, a, a future that's more compelling than the present that causes me to want to step out and try some things and, and be willing to willing to stumble and fall down and pick myself up. And, you, you know, I, I think if we didn't learn to walk as kids, we wouldn't do it because we'd be so embarrassed. We'd fall a couple of times and then we'd all, you know, <laughs> kind of settle into the wheelchair because I mean, you know, too many of us are concerned about what other people think. And, and so when you've got a strong vision, it lessens the impact of that. Right. I, I, don't, I don't care so much about what other people think. I really want to make this happen. 
because it matters to me and my family and there's a personal why behind it. I think that's the key. That's really, really well put. I love that line. I've never heard anyone say that. If we didn't learn to walk as kids, we probably wouldn't do it. But it's, it's, it illustrates <laughs> a very good point. Cool, man. Well, David, final question. All right. Last question of the day from us is where can people find out more about you? Great. 12weekyear.com. So the digits, 12weekyear.com. A bunch of free stuff on there, getting started course. There's some other online programs. We've got a uh, virtual live event coming up in January. Uh, and that, that's, uh, that'll, that'll be great. So yeah, all that, all that stuff, anything we can help with, please, please reach out 12weekyear.com. Awesome. All right. Well, Thank you, man. This has been fantastic. I love connecting with, uh, you know, authors who have written and just, you know, stuff that's just shaped my life. So, you know, thank you for writing this book. Yeah, you're welcome. Appreciate the, appreciate the opportunity to connect with you guys. All right. Thank you. All righty. And that was another fantastic episode of the bigger pockets podcast with, uh, an amazing guest, Brian Morin. That was, that was really, really cool. David, what'd you think? I mean, like you had not read the 12 week year, right? So this was kind of new to you. Never read the 12 week year. I've heard you mention it briefly, but I didn't really have a good understanding of it. But the more he talked, really, the more I started thinking about other very successful business people and what they're teaching and how it all sort of connects. He mentioned a lot of things that made me think about the one thing. How do you win the week? What's the one thing you got to do that will make everything else easier or unnecessary? I thought yeah. about a lot of the the 40x principles. I know you yep. you love that book also, right? Yep. Lead measures and lag measures. Don't don't measure just the results, measure the action yep. that you're taking. The sense of urgency that he mentioned to get the most out of yourself. I thought that was incredibly valuable. Yeah. You may hit your goal, but you still left so much on the table for what you could have done. Yep. Right? You you thought I want to buy a property next year. Well, you could probably buy 10 properties yep. next year if you take what you did and you just amplify it. And, you know, in my personal life, I see this come up all the time where we have a a mindset, we have subconscious beliefs that are absolutely sabotaging us. Okay. Like the eight hour workday is one of them. Who says you have to work eight hours? You can get everything done in two hours, or you could work 14 hours if you really want to, depending on your goal. That's a way that people think that gets in their way. So this type of stuff really challenges that conventional yeah. thinking that we're comfortable with, forces us to get uncomfortable. But man, if you want to unlock your potential, this is where it's at. Yeah, it's so true. You know, one of the things he talked about today was you know, you have that vision. You start with your vision. And I love that he talked about that, uh, that the vision to begin with your personal vision because hmm. your work should line up with your personal life. And you go, they go into a lot more depth on that in the book. So make sure you guys pick up a copy of the book. It is fantastic. But they go from vision and then you have your, you know, your, your goal, your 12 week year goal, and then you have your tactics. And so I want to talk about that just for a few minutes here, because I want to relate this back to real estate investors. Let's just take the average new real estate investor. Now, if you're an experienced one, stick with me anyway, but let's just say you're new and you want to buy a property. And let's say your goal is to buy one in the next 12 weeks. So in the next 12 weeks, you're going to buy a property. I want to, David, while you're here, you and I just real quick, let's brainstorm. What are some of the tactics, like the things that have to get checked off your list that once you get all these tactics done, you will then have a property, or at least you've done everything in your power needed to have a property. So what are some of those things? Maybe just kind of fire them back and forth. How are you going to fund it? Okay. That's a good one. So you, you need to get it funded. So let's even go deeper on that one. Can you get pre-approved? Can you get pre-approved? Yeah. So, so maybe the, like week one, my goal week one is to contact a lender, contact three lenders. Mm-hmm. And my goal week two, or not even goal, but a tactic, tactic week one is to contact three lenders and submit my financial documents to them. Or maybe week one is actually get your documents together. I don't know. Maybe you can do both in one week, depending on how busy you are. And then you're going to get your documents to your lender. And then uh, what about how are you going to find deals? So maybe it's, I'm going to get a real estate agent. 
That'd be a good tactic. It, uh, so. Well, maybe first pick your market where okay, you want to buy yep. in, right? Yep. Get, and then get cleared in your criteria. Yep. What type of property do you want? Yep. When you have that, now you can go to the agent and say, in this area, I want this kind of property. Can you help me do it? Yep. And maybe interview a couple agents the same way that you, you talk to a couple lenders. Yep. That's great. And maybe one of my tactics is maybe an ongoing one. I'm going to analyze 10 deals every week until for the whole, for the, so that's 120 deals over the next 12 weeks. I'm going to analyze 10 properties. Okay. So Brandon, if I don't know how to analyze a property, what can I do? You can't do anything. You have to give up and go back to watching TV. That's just, <laughs> that's just how it works. Uh, you can watch one of a billion YouTube videos on how to analyze rental properties, or you can head over to biggerpockets.com slash Kelk, C-A-L-C. And we have a calculator that helps you analyze properties, whether it's a flip rental, whatever. But that like, that's a tactic is go and analyze some properties. So maybe that's another one. By this week, I'm going to have analyzed 10 of them or by 20 of them, whatever. There you go. What else? We got to, what else does somebody have to do? I'd say after that first week of analyzing that many properties, you should have a baseline for what kind of ROI and what type of return you can expect on the different properties. Yeah. And by then you should recognize when you find one that is above that baseline. Yep. Now you kind of know like what a deal would be. It's something better than the other properties around. So you would want to start identifying deals and writing offers on those properties. Yeah. Making an offer like, Hey, my week seven, I'm going to have submitted an offer. Week eight, I want to submit two offers. Week nine, I'm going to fit 12 offers, you know, whatever, scale it up a little bit if you feel like it. And like, like he said earlier, you can't control the outcome, but you can control your inputs, right? So we can't, I don't want to say you're guaranteed to buy a property in 12 weeks. I hope you do. And if you do the right inputs, you should. If you put in a dozen offers, you'll probably get something accepted as long as you're not going, you know, you're not being super crazy strict. You know what another one would be a good one? If you're just getting in the education phase, maybe it's like, hey, you want to invest at a distance? Like maybe their first step is to read David's book, Long Distance Real Estate Investing, right? Or maybe you want to burr. Maybe the first step is to read, buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Maybe you want to house hack. Maybe you should go read Craig's book, The House Hacking One. Or you just want to buy any rental, read the book on rental property investing. You have no money, read the book on investing in real estate with no one low money down. That could be a tactic for week one is to finish one of those freaking books. It doesn't take all week to, or all year to do it. Get it done in a week and then move on. Check it off your list. Great. I accomplished the one thing that I was going to do this week, which was read the book. If you didn't answer emails, if you didn't respond to that text, who cares? You did the one thing that got you closer to your goal, which gets you closer to your vision, which gets you closer to the life that you want to lead. I'll give you another thing. Please. Take your plan that you've come up with. I want to use an FHA loan to buy a property in this area that looks like this at this price and run it by somebody else who's more experienced than you Great. and say, love what it. would you change about this plan? Yep. Yeah. I love that. In fact, you can even take your entire 12 week year mm. plan in front. Like if somebody came to me, uh, and like that I knew, right. I'm not gonna do it to a perfect stranger and you shouldn't either build relationships people. But if somebody came to me new and said, Hey, I really want to buy a property in the next 12 weeks. So I wrote down this list of 12 things that I need to do. And it includes market, this, this, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, that was so good. Like, look at you. Just look at you. I'm so proud of you. Like, yeah, let me tweak this little thing. And yeah, I think this is probably not going to work out, but try this one instead. Like that is such an amazing way to get a mentor to help you is by approaching them and say, this is the 12 tactics I'm going to work on in the next 12 weeks. Am I missing anything? Or would you add anything to this? Or would you take anything away? Like now you didn't just come to me with like, how you, will you help me and be my mentor? You came to me with mm -hmm. like a specific question, a game plan. And all I had to do was read it for three seconds and decide if it's good or not. Very, very good. Cool, man. Well, that was a good one. You added that one. That was good. I just expanded upon it. So thank you. Uh, with that said, I think that's all we got. So. Uh, let us know what you guys think of the show. If you have not left a rating or review for the Bigger Pockets podcast, those really help us reach more people, helps keep us on the top of all uh, business podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and all that. And uh, it makes us feel good. So leave us a rating and review if you would. And uh, follow us on Instagram at Bigger Pockets, B I G G E R Pockets. 
uh, like Hot Pockets, but larger. And you can also follow David at uh, David Green 24. Mia that Beardy Brandon. And that's all I got. So uh, David Hot Pockets Green, you want to take us out? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Please uh, I like share to giggle this. it over Hot Pockets. I don't know why. I just, uh, yeah, why and oh. then you said we have like, we're like Hot Pockets, but larger. That's yeah, funny. I started exactly. thinking maybe we need to make a spinoff called Larger Pockets. And then larger Pockets. pockets. Yeah. Yes. Share this episode with somebody that you think would benefit from it. Think about the successful people in your life who are very driven. I promise you they are dealing with daily frustration that they want to be doing even more, even though it seems like they're doing good. This type of stuff is yeah. very, very valuable to them and they will love you for it. It's true. All right. Get us out of here. I need to get on a plane to uh, get to Hawaii. Go see you in a little bit there. Come come hang out. It'll be fun. Thank you very much. This is David Hot Pockets Green for Brandon, the 12-week Wonder Turner, signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Braving the real estate investing journey on your own can be daunting. Doubts tend to creep up and stifle your ambition. Is this actually a good deal? Did you run the numbers right? What if you can't find a tenant? Can you even afford this place? What if you lose your job? Whatever you're going through, we've all been there. And guess what? The best way to overcome your doubts and hesitations is with a healthy dose of knowledge, networking, and accountability. And that's just what you'll find in our newly released 2024 Summer Boot Camps. After these eight action-packed weeks of step-by-step guidance from expert investors, weekly video modules, live Q&As, interactive assignments, and new friends to keep you accountable, you'll be ready to tackle your first or next deal with full confidence and expertise. Choose from the small multifamily, short-term rental, or rookie boot camps and register by April 12th for the lowest prices. Head on over to biggerpockets.com slash enrollme today. That's biggerpockets.com slash enrollme. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.